Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everybody, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. Mm-hmm. I'm Josh Loftus. I'm Jack. Jack, what's up? Hey, hey. How are you? Good, man. It is good to be with you. Josh is in my house today. I'm in your house today. Because we are doing some journeying <laughs> around do today, the... T- <laughs> it, so explain explain the Marco this morning, because... Granted, I know it was random. Yeah. Uh, I think it was something along the lines of like, hey man, I'm coming down to Tacoma to buy a used car or something like that along those lines. Anyway, we went to this lot. Actually, it was not as shady as I thought it could have been. No, it wasn't. It, it actually pleasantly surprised me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think your brother, that car was for your brother-in-law. I think they're going right. to go ahead and get it. So Yeah. 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 No, I think he's pulling the trigger on it. So I was like, Jack, I need, I need someone else to come with me <laughs> and I need yeah. a passenger that when I'm test driving, I need you to push all the buttons. <laughs> well, not only that, but like to bounce things off so you aren't going crazy or exactly. you're hearing things that yeah. you shouldn't be hearing and stuff like 100%. that. 100%. So, yeah. yeah. No, no. It actually, it actually was a good car. So yeah, came down to T-Town and mm-hmm. we're going to hang out here do some recording mm-hmm. and then head on over to enjoy what enjoy. we always enjoy exactly enjoy some some good gifts from the lord yes. right but uh jack how are you man you seem a little tired today yeah are you a little yeah. you a little tired yeah i don't know so i'm starting uh so my wife and i got membership to la fitness and i started uh i don't know i did like this modified like walk slash rower workout oh, this yeah. morning. You so, feeling that a little bit? I don't know. Not feeling the burn? too bad. It's not as bad as I thought it would be, but... You getting swole? I'm definitely... Getting not swole. after one day. <laughs> <laughs> not after oh, one day. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I started to do that, and then uh, just work stuff. I think the biggest thing is, like, I think why I'm tired is because I was tired yesterday. Because I drove, we went down to Seaside and I had to drive Uh, most of that drive back. Uh, And then on top of it, I had to deal with like this issue that one of the branch managers was having. And I was literally like looking at my 
Microsoft Teams chat. It's like, did this work? Did this work? Punch <laughs> this in. Do this. Try this out. Please oh tell me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Troubleshooting that was kind of a Jack's nightmare. Jack's like, none of this is in my job description, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. I mean, ugh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. I think people forget that I only do a certain amount of work, and I'm not technically HR. Right. So, right. <laughs> so Jack, this is not a riff at, but but we would be amiss to talk about the first two eps of Kenobi before oh, we get into goodness. our topic. Because... Uh, I can't talk about the, the third, but I've seen the third too. Yeah, I haven't seen the third yet, so don't tell me anything. I'm going to yeah. probably watch it tonight. But uh, solid eps. Yeah, I like pe- what they're doing. Yeah, and people are so finicky. What about I finicky see- Star Wars fans? What, dude? You have You're no kidding. clue. It's just always like oh the like humdra like oh these eps. Right. You got friggin' Obi Wan Kenobi. In a Disney Plus series, people. This is what we're right. You have storytelling going on. Like, why are you upset? Be happy. Like, why are you? Oh, these episodes aren't the great. Blah 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 blah. I don't care. It's Star Wars. It's new Star Wars content, dude. When I saw when I saw Obi Wan on screen, in his robe, nostalgia feels hit so hard, dude. Just because I'm a prequels guy. Like, those are my Star Warses. Like, I grew up on those. And and And, see. Apparently, a lot of people are saying this too. I feel like some of the fan base, like you, they you grew up on that. I was more the OT, the original trilogy, because I had those on VHS, and those sure. were the first movies I saw. Yeah, and then kind of like episodes one through three were kind of like, oh, you're kind of rehashing and retelling the story. Uh, some elements of the the prequels are like, eh, but then some of them are good and carry on. But yeah, it's like you shouldn't be upset. That you're getting new Star Wars content. There's nothing to be upset about, people. Yeah. Like, just everyone chill out, right? And then everyone it's always out. about, like, oh, they're making her the, the lead character. Listen, I'm just saying, I told people, wait until the next episode. You're going to see completely change. And it, well, how honestly, about waiting it until, like, this is something that I, like, wait until the thing is done before you, like, make a judgment yeah. on it, right? Like, people right out of the gate, they're like, oh, it's crap. I hate it. It's like you haven't even. It's not even half done. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, 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 do you do that? Like, I don't know, man. Maybe people are just like that. Like, like they get a they get a plate of food and they take one bite and they're like, I hate it. Like, okay. I well, think this. I think it'll be interesting more. to see how this plays out too, because there's elements within the last, especially the the second episode, the end of episode two, in that series right now, where. There's stuff that I can see carrying on. It's like, oh man, that's gonna bite that character in the butt. That decision. Yeah. So, it's good stuff. All right, man. Well, before we hop into our topic, um, I've gotten some feedback on these reviews. People like them. Oh, they like the cigar they, they reviews. Do. <laughs> they do. They, they, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are enjoying them. Yeah, I think it's a fun segment. Yeah. So we're gonna hop into the reformatory cigar of the week mm. and. Uh, Cigar of the week this week. We're sticking. We're sticking on the lighter end because I think we did yeah. a light one last week too. It was the. Um, it was yeah. the the sugar tipped one. Whatever yes. that is, right? The uh, old old sugar. Old, <laughs> never <laughs> sober Mesa brew. So, yeah. <laughs> this oh, one. Um, this one is um, the Rose of Sharon yes. by Southern Draw. Yes. Now there's there's some reasons that I like this because as yeah. I'm sure I stated last week. I'm not a big Connecticut guy. Mm-hmm. I really don't like Connecticut cigars. They, I find them too light and usually not not as flavorful as I like. Right, this one is an exception that I make. Yeah, the Rose of Sharon by Southern Draw. 
is one of it's probably the best Connecticut I've ever had. And you wouldn't be remiss because a lot of people are rating this cigar 99 to 100 yes. on that scale. So. It's a fantastic cigar. I yeah. would agree with that rating. It's the only Connecticut that I smoke uh, just on, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern Draw is a great company. Um, they're, they're owned by professional pro- professing believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a lot of their proceeds go to supporting like uh, veterans and, uh, you know, uh, different military organizations and stuff like that. So they're, they're a big yeah. support of vets, which Jack and I like. Um, and it's a great stick. So it's a Connecticut wrapper, obviously. It's from Ecuador, mm-hmm. right? That's what the wrapper is going to be. Um, but it is a Nicaraguan blend, which is, I think, why I like it. Because I'm a big Nicaraguan guy. I don't know where you fall on that, but I'm, I'm really finding the Nicaraguans I, I really gravitate toward. And I think the vast majority of sticks that I like usually... A high percentage of them usually end up being uh, Nicaraguan. Yeah, there's another thing. There's another. I mean, the the binder. So the binder is going to be Nicaraguan, and then the filler has Nicaraguan and Dominican. I feel like I need to start leaning into some of the Dominican because I've been hearing yeah. like the the blends from the Dominican Republic have been actually really good lately. So uh, I'm gonna start have to lean in on some Dominican kind of blends there here you go. coming up soon maybe so. maybe you know what let's look at some dominicans today how about that okay we'll all do right that. it will make that happen so you're gonna get some nice earthy oak tones a uh, little bit of citrus in here uh like i said it's gonna be light uh i think it has it has kind of a sweet draw nothing like what we had last week no but but it's not overpowering doesn't taste infused at all it's a fantastic cigar it's great to have with like coffee mm-hmm. like a cup of coffee in the morning it's a great morning stick um, or if you're just wanting something kind of on the lighter end, but still has some amazing complex flavors, the Rose of Sharon by Southern Draw is an absolutely fantastic stick. Yeah. And honestly, like spoiler warning, I haven't had a bad stick from Southern Draw. The Jacob's Ladder yeah. from oh, Southern yeah. Draw is in my top five yeah. sticks. Very dark, earthy, but oh, molasses so as well, good. too. Right. So, but that's know. a different review for a different time. Yeah. So <laughs> head on over to Southern Draw. Uh, you can get it off their website. You can get it off pretty much wherever. So I think Cigar International has them too. Yeah. Or your uh, local brick and mortar. If they don't have it, have them get it in. Yeah. Because it is worth it. Yep. So Southern Draw, Rose of Sharon. That is the reformatory cigar of the week. Mm-hmm. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack topic for today um, is a little bit of a nuanced topic, mm-hmm. um, but something that I think both of us were talking about in that it's something that I think we've both been thinking about a little bit. I think you said your pastor actually kind of preached on this. Is, yeah. And I, it's been on my mind recently and I haven't been able to get it out. Right. Mm-hmm. So that tells me like there's some things to be flushed out here, at least for sure. me. Right. Um, with the way that our culture is going, just with you know, a harsher and more dogmatic attempt to define their own morality, to find own, our own truth, right? We're coming into, well, we're in it now, um, a whole month dedicated to LGBTQ, gay pride, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, we just see in the world such a desire and a striving away from the standard that God places right and this is nothing new right Mm -hmm. just look in the bible this has been going since the beginning of time 
um, and it's not going to stop until Jesus comes back. Right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I think I put something on Twitter today uh, and just, just paraphrased it. I am becoming more and more convinced and convicted uh, and th- that conviction's always been there, but it's it's more at the forefront of my mind now as I look into the culture that we live in, that we as Christians must be people of the scriptures. And what I mean by that is we must have kind of at the forefront of our minds as we are living our lives in this culture, as we're looking at how evil things are becoming, mm-hmm. all of the pain that's out there, yeah. right? All of the stuff, obviously we're not, we're not in the convention, but so not really our business, honestly, a whole bunch. But all the stuff that's coming up with the Southern Baptist, just yeah. the heartache that's there, yeah. right? And and uh, and then stuff in our in our culture, all the shootings, and just just you see evil everywhere you go, mm-hmm. right? And you're in a culture that wants you to bend your knee to it, right? It is important. It is vital that we as Christians be a people that ask the question, what does the Bible say? And I think that is the question that will get you ostracized by the world. Sure. But it is a question that will bring pleasure to your Father in Heaven. Mm -hmm. Right? And the culture that we live in doesn't like us asking that question Mm -hmm. because it is becoming increasingly more obvious that the answer to those questions uh, are at odds with each other. Yeah. Right. What does the Bible say versus what does the world say? So I wanted to talk about the importance of us as Christians living sola scriptura. Now, we've already done, you know, five sola series and all that stuff, but I don't think that this topic is something that should just be talked about once and then forgotten. Yeah. But the scriptures are authority and we need to be living like it is. Right. Yeah. Um, So broad topic, but massively applicable to the church, massively applicable to me, uh, especially kind of where we live yeah. in arguably one of the most liberal states in America. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with understanding we're going through a uh, kind of an apologetic series at my local church. And my pastor, one of the last sermons that he preached on, one of my pastor's last sermons that he preached on was you know, how can I trust the reliability of scripture? How can I trust in this text um, that is very diverse in authorship, but also has a continuous narrative pointing towards the person and work of Jesus? And so, um, you know, in this, we have to remember that we're not living like only so. I think a lot of people, when we say sola scriptura, we mean that it's something like I don't know. I've I've heard other people, I've heard other Christians say you can't live by sola scriptura or something like that. It's just weird, very weird. Different um, denominations will say that. that's odd. <laughs> but I I think that you have to live not only to it, but also in the totality of what it's saying as well too. Um, so you can't pick and choose whatever you want out of it. You have to remember that it's a narrative. Uh, it has narrative. It has epistles. It has wisdom literature. It has historical narrative in there as well too. Um, a lot of a lot of what the Bible says sometimes 
that doesn't mean that it's uh, necessarily like putting its approval or God is putting his approval towards what is being described in the text or in the narrative. So many people have come up. I mean, this goes back into, I mean, right now we're dealing with something interesting, which is polyamory, which is you have more than one partner right? or yeah. even polygamy. And so you're seeing kind of the secularized version of polygamy now, which is polyamory and having more than one partner. And a lot of people have pushed back against the Bible saying that, oh, well, the people in why is God approving polygamy? In the Bible, well, he's not technically doing that. No, he's not. <laughs> not everything described is prescribed. Yeah, right? and I think and that's, that's important. Im- I think that's important to realize when you're reading the text. You should be reading the fact of how sinful the people that God is inter inter kind of injecting with in the text, and how just the the ways in which God intervenes into human history. Is, per, is quite interesting, especially in the cultural uh, relationship of the people of that uh, Near Eastern context, too, that we look at, or the Near Eastern culture, because a lot of it has to deal with um, the kind of the structure, which was taking more than one wife and your firstborn son gets all your property. But if you really start, and, and as the oldest, I yeah. really like that part of <laughs> part of scripture. I gotta say, I don't think it's gonna pan out for me though. Yeah. <laughs> but if I've you been look, waiting, <laughs> if you look constantly just at Genesis alone, you start to see a stark difference in that God is not blessing off what the culture is saying, but that He's using that and actually flipping it upside down. You see, constantly the firstborn sons are not called really the ones that God wants. You constantly see God call people into uh, marriage with one woman instead of multiple wives, but it's usually the man who kind of rebels against that and wants to take on multiple wives. Yeah. Ergo David, Solomon. Yeah. Like every Israelite king ever almost, right? So you really have to read between the lines of what the Bible is saying and what God is really commanding, because it's two different things sometimes. God is actually saying things to us and wants us to live in a certain way um, because he wants us in this relationship and in this covenant. And then we often go our own ways, and then he comes back and interjects with us and and kind of um, throughout Scripture and throughout the narrative, you see him make a covenant with man and it's a way in which it kind of denounces the old ways that were done. So you really have to look at scripture because our modern day looks at scripture and it says you can't trust any of that primarily because it's old and we can't really date that back, which we have so many copies of the scriptures that it's ironic even like scholars atheist scholars believer scholars are flabbergasted how many copies we have of these texts because you look at the ancient classic writings of homer the iliad odyssey you look at uh, julius caesar the gallic wars you only have 
a couple copies of those sure. texts were sure. in the Old Testament and New Testament um, scriptures have, I mean, you're looking at thousands of copies of that. So reliability and not only that, but trying to understand and learn how to read the Bible in that not everything that you read, you need to take and apply to your life. <laughs> like, yeah, just right, because right. Abraham <laughs> takes and and starts to goes goes against his wife and starts having relationships with a concubine, that doesn't mean to do that, people. Right. <laughs> like, right. I don't know if we have to go back. And I think this is going back to just basic biblical literacy 101. And I don't know if we in the church have lost that to where people outside of the church look at us and say, well, are you just following what the Bible says or do you even know what the text is saying too? Yeah. So. And I, I think it's a combo of a couple things as, as I think about, it. I think it's definitely that I think, I think there's a big problem. I think, I think you, you, you nailed something on the head. There is, I think one of the big problems is people just don't know their Bibles. Sure. Right. And that's always been a problem. Right. I think there's a lot of individuals, even, even people that I believe are regenerate. Mm hmm that don't have a firm grasp on on the scriptures yeah. right and they don't know how to apply it they don't know how to how to see the difference between you know description and prescription right mm-hmm. and, and and things like that they don't know the differences between law and gospel right and all yeah. of the important distinctions that if you study theology and you dig into the scriptures right you you come to understand so i think it's that i think that's half of it I do think there's another half that I think is more sidious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are individuals in the churches today, and I have to be on guard of this myself, mm-hmm. that see the vast majority of opinion that surrounds them in the culture in which they live, right? And they see that being diametrically opposed to what the Bible says. And I think there are individuals that get distracted and more enamored with what they can see and feel around them than the truth of what scripture says, Mm -hmm. which results in a state of compromise. Yeah. Right. And we've seen that, right? We see that when leaders fall. Mm-hmm. And get enamored with their own, like they believe their own hype. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We see that with pastors who have sexual sin. Mm-hmm. We see that with individuals who claim Christ, yet still say that you can live habitually in a sin that scripture calls out a sin, right? Sure. Ergo the month that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I don't I don't think I don't think the answer is Westboro Baptist. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I don't believe the answer lies outside of Scripture. Yeah. Right? And I think we have to be very careful as Christians to, on one hand, mm-hmm. I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a balance, right? On one hand, live and speak in a way that does not damage your witness to the world mm-hmm. as Christ's ambassador, right? Don't, there's no need to be angry, right, when you're witnessing. There's no need to be rude. Yeah. Uh, how you witness matters, right? Mm-hmm. But you being careful should not be an excuse to be complacent or compromised in what in the hills that you stand on. Yeah. And I think that's what Jack and I are talking about. Is is it's that it's that balance 
of being gentle, but being firm. Yeah. Being kind, but being resolute. Yeah. Being the one that says, look, I, I, I love you enough mm-hmm. and I want to show that I love you enough to tell you that the house you're in is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Because to not tell you that, to not give you the truths of scripture, to not stand on the precepts that God has given me, that would be a very unloving thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we have a lot of people in our culture today for many reasons, whether it's wanting accept, wanting acceptance from the world, not wanting to be seen as judgmental, maybe not wanting to be the one to rock the boat, uh, whatever the reason is, they compromise on truths that scripture is clear on, right? And I think that's something that we have to be on guard against in our lives as Christians is when the Bible says something, part of believing in sola scriptura is believing if the Bible says it, if God said it, mm-hmm. that settles it. Sure. Right? It's not that stupid. What's that stupid bumper sticker that's out there that God says it, I believe it, that settles it, right? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's God says it, that settles it. <laughs> it doesn't sure. matter if you believe it or not, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's something I think we as the church need to be on guard against and striving toward is a is a resolute defiance against what the world tells us is true mm-hmm. without doing so in a way that damages our ambassador witness as yeah. as Christ's people, right? And I do think it's possible. Yeah. I think I think it's actually mandated in scripture that we do it that way. Yeah. Right? There's also there's always going to be tension too because there's tension in the ways in which people were people will see us out for our witness and they will prescribe certain things to us which really like we're not here to like do. So like I know a ton of people will um <laughs> will basically prescribe coming out of higher education if you do not follow certain things in higher education, you're kind of looked at as like an outsider or why don't you get on the bandwagon with us kind of idea. Right. Um, and I was really trying to tread lightly on a lot of different things that are brought up in higher education. Um, while also trying to maintain the fact that you do have a way in which that you're trying to promote, um, flourishing for all mankind but also take into the fact that God actually says that there's a specific way in order that we should do things in order to flourish as well too sure and so there's a lot of tension that comes with that sometimes and then you have to weigh that Um, you also have to go back to scripture and you also have to do basic things like talk to other Christians yeah and look at scripture and pray and rinse and repeat that, to be quite honest, because if you stay in a certain place too long and you don't bounce those things off other people and start to talk about them, I'm seeing this so often where people are have claimed that they're Christians and now are throwing that off and are now taking on things that culture is promoting no, you should actually be this. Right. Like, give into this. Give yeah. into what you really want and really desire and then throw those things off. Um, 
<laughs> and like I don't know what to say but like the scriptures and Jesus and Christianity is all about not being individually focused and not doing things that are that <laughs> are basically you want <laughs> so like a lot of people right now will say well it's just not okay with me sure or right. you know I need to do what I need to do for but what's best for me and it's like okay but that's not really the narrative of what Jesus is saying to us and that's not what the narrative of scripture is saying either uh, so it's so difficult when you have a very individualistic focused society that's focused on kind of well what you deem true to you is what should be reality and you should just live off of that and I'm seeing so many people take that and embody that and it's just absolutely I'm seeing a lot of divorces happen sure, sure. Um, where people that I thought they were okay in their marriage just completely nope yeah. where I thought that person was pretty sturdy in their faith and like Right. Whoa, what happened there? Right. Like, it's gone? <laughs> um, and so when we have the scriptures to lean on and to give us what is truth, what is wise, what is good for living, that should be a good foundation to go off of when it comes to interacting with people that are different. And the scriptures don't say anything about you need to be a jerk. You need to go on Twitter and you need to be a jerk or you need to do this or you need to do that. It's pretty much like I would call into question somebody's character if they're not exhibiting the the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, if you're not peaceful, if you're not gentle, if you're not loving, if you're not caring, when people that are obviously against you and against the message of Christianity, you still are called to be that. Um, and that's tough to do when people perceive you as hateful or you're some sort of bigot or something along those lines. So, yeah. I just had to rant there for a second because there's so many things that are going on right now. I feel like people are embodying and taking this message of you do you. You know, right. right. Well, and, I mean, I mean, that's the culture we live in, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, if it's true to you, then it's true, right? And my yeah. truth is my truth, and there, oh, there is no truth, and just, I mean, absolute truth goes out the window, obviously, when Scripture isn't your authority, yeah, right. And the only reason we know what is true is because we have the revealed Word of God, right? Yeah. So, it's important to to remember that as Christians and to not not live in a way. And this is where the balance comes in. Not live in a way that apologizes for what the Bible says, yeah. while at the same time not adding hot sauce to something that's already hot. Yeah. Right? Because the Bible and the culture are always going to be at odds with each other, right? And the Bible is always going to speak into the culture in an authoritative way. And therefore, we should as Christians as well. But we don't need to take the pages of scripture and then be like, okay, how can I make this even 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 more culture, culturally unrelevant, right? You don't need to do that. Just yeah. at, just like you don't need to make scripture any more appealing to unbelievers in your witness. Yeah. Either way, you're adding yourself and you're taking away the potency of, of what the Bible says. You don't need to add anything. You don't need to take anything away. Let the Bible speak the way that it wants to, right? And don't be ashamed of it. 
don't don't live in a way that either in practice or in word appears like you don't believe it you know it for whatever reason i think the i think the the toughest thing that most christians are getting dogged about recently is probably the fact that there's certain narratives within scripture that they just don't have answers for and honestly i'm okay with not knowing certain things to be quite honest sure um there's certain narratives where i may not understand that i may not never understand that but who do I also go back as kind of really our our high priest to kind of give me interpretation of what the text means? It's Jesus. Like, right. Jesus does that right. all the time in the Gospels. And I think it's wise for us to go back and to look at what Jesus says about certain things. Yeah. And especially when, it commenta- when he's commentating on the Old Testament in the Gospels. Um... And it's okay not to know stuff. Like right. you don't need to be like mastermind apologist in order to answer questions. Actually, I feel like you saying that you are not positive on certain areas actually makes you more kind of human and vulnerable and actually people will trust you more versus you trying to say and trying to explain everything in theology and in the text. Yeah, and then it ends up n- not being right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you end up being wrong and looking stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. That's exactly right, man. I think, I think, I think. You know, it's there's obviously so much more to say, but at the end of the day, Scripture's your authority. Live like it, right? Sure. When you when looking in the culture and trying to decide how do I think about this, how do I, what do I say here? You know, this this activism or this cause or this cause or this month or whatever it is, what does the Bible say? That should be your primary source of truth. It should be the only source of truth for you, right? That's what we should be looking looking at as Christians. So it's uh, it's it's really really important that we, as the church, be doing that and standing on the shoulders of the men and women that that gave their life because of that. Yeah, they looked at the culture that they were in and they asked themselves, "What does the Bible say?" And it did not line up, and they stood on the solid ground of scripture mm-hmm. and they were resolute yeah. right and that is what we should be doing as christians because it yeah. it it pleases our father and i guarantee you 100% of the time the pleasure of your heavenly father is worth much more than the acceptance of the world and it yeah. always will be yeah right so that's our encouragement to you guys stand on scripture it's authoritative it's important it's good for you it has what the world needs preach the gospel preach it well live your life as christ wants you to live and yeah and god will be glorified man mm-hmm. <laughs> and your churches yep. will be better for it yeah right mm-hmm. absolutely jack you're looking you're looking uh big eva has sunk it, sir. big eva has sunk <laughs> and you look like you need a nap you i don't nap. i actually don't i don't know why why don't um, why don't you get out of here man so if or you, why don't you get us out of yeah, here, man? Since since uh, Big Eva has sung, and apparently Josh thinks I need a little uh, a cat nap for some reason, I really don't. I he thinks I'm I'm going down for some reason. I don't know why I'm giving he's going that down. Vibe, but anyway, if you appreciate our uh, just talking about and vocalizing kind of our thoughts about what's going on in our culture or in the local church or just within um, kind of I don't know. 
the United States of America, I guess. I don't know. If you appreciate just our our pontifications, if you will, you can find us on the sociables, on the yes, Facebook. Goes well with marshmallow and chocolate. The Instagram, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, actually, that's that's the. I switched that over. The Instagram See, this goes why well. Need, this is why you need a cat now. <laughs> See, this is why. This why you need. This why you you need a little nap. The Facebook, yeah, is gonna go down the next twenty four hours from Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the Twitter, the Tweaker, the Little Blue Bird site. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's getting bought by Elon Musk or not. It's apparently. up in the air. You know, it's unknown. <laughs> He's weighing his options, which I think is smart because if I had the option to buy Twitter, I don't know if I'd want it. I don't. I don't yeah. think I want it either. To be quite honest, let somebody else have it. Uh, in any case, you can find us all on those sociable social media outlets at the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can support, encourage from afar, even further. So. Absolutely. There are many ways. One, we got a Patreon. Uh, if you guys uh, would like to, for less than a gallon of gas. Oh, yeah. A month. Oh, yeah. You too could become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. It's a pledge we make to you, and we 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 fulfill that pledge. Dog on it. We do. Yes. Uh, you can head on over to reformatorypod.com. Get some of yourself some local church merch. It looks amazing mm-hmm. on everybody. Um, you can give us a like and review. If you're on Apple, just scroll down. Give us a little five star review. Mm-hmm. Give us a little uh, give us a little paragraph. Tell us uh, who you are, where you come from. Tell us what your favorite color is. Tell us what your favorite cigar is. Tell us a cigar that we need to review. Any listeners that we have that enjoy something, any any <laughs> something, any listeners we have that enjoy the same uh, good gifts that that we do, uh, send us some uh, send us some reviews that you want us to. There uh, are some cigars that you want us to review. We'll make it happen. It'll be a lot of fun. We thank you all for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode of The Reformatory. Mm